Um, but one of the reasons I'm here, yes, to speak, but also uh, it's a recruitment project. And um, so, and, and in the past, we've done it, we've tried it some different ways. Um, if this doesn't work, we're going to do the um, Acts model where we're going to have a small prayer time. And out of that, we're going to select some people uh, to join the youth ministry team. But we've moved to kind of an, a lottery um, selection process. So um, hopefully you picked the right chairs. But underneath, you'll find a blue ribbon. So if you could just look. Anybody? No one's going for it. Anybody? Okay, got it. I did get a couple people to look. Thank you very much. Um, sorry, there's no blue ribbon. But... Um, if there's a part of you that was like, you know, I was actually kind of almost hoping there was a blue ribbon under my chair, then come talk to me, all right? Because that's God stirring inside of you. If you were thinking, um, man, I am so glad that he's not serious about this and there's no blue, blue ribbon, I wasn't even going to look if there was, um, still come talk to me. Um, I said the same thing 27 years ago, that there's no way that I'll work with youth. So, um, and that's how this started, right? So, um, so if you um, are in that place, it, it might be God is actually stirring in you as well, all right? So, so but uh, always up for having people who are interested in youth Come, come chat. We'd love, love to. I'll, I'll buy you a coffee, right? So even if you're like, ah, I, I just want a free coffee, come chat. We'll have a, we'll do a coffee, all right? So there we have it. So um, today we're continuing on in First Peter. And so as we do that, that's First Peter uh, 3, 8 to 22. And man, this, there is so much in this passage, right? Now, the last church that I was a part of before I came to New Zealand the pastor frequently preached 75-minute sermons, okay? So I was really glad to hear that the footy doesn't start until 7 p.m., right? I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, you know, sit back and, and get ready for this, all right? So now I won't, t I won't go that, but, but there's so much in this passage. Like there, there was just, like we could do, break this down into like three, four sermons, and um, and, but we're not going to do that. So we're, we're just going to, we're going to get what we can for today and um, just unpack. So let's, let's do this first. Let's read it. And then, um, actually, I'm going to try to pull it up. Actually, I kind of forgot about that. That's my job today. Is, um, and we're also going to do some audience participation. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of neat, hopefully. Um, please stand by for technical difficulties. Hey, it worked there. So great rejoicing. Okay, so, um, sorry, one more thing I forgot to do. The, uh, silly me. Um, I, you know, decided I was using my iPad today for my message and then forgot to charge it. So we were just at 20% like a half an hour ago. We made it up to 42. All right, so we'll see how we go. All right, so let's... Um, um, let's, let's get into this passage, let's read it, and let's, let's see what God says. Again, it's 1 Peter um, chapter 3, verses 8 to 22, and, and I do encourage you, you might want to get your Bible out or turn your Bible on, because uh, we're going to jump around a little bit, and on a couple of these slides, there's a lot of words, so you might not be able to read it as well. So I just encourage you, open it up, you, you can underline, you can highlight, but let's, let's dig in. So it reads, finally... All of you have unity in mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. 
Do not repay evil for evil or reveling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil." For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which we, which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water." Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. Let's, let's pray one more time. Let's just pray. God, I, just, I thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. Lord, it's your living word. And um, Lord, we, we come to it with reverence because it's come from you. And Lord, we come to it with expectation. Lord, open our eyes that we may see wonderful things in your word tonight. Lord, may the words of, of our mouth, may the meditations of our heart tonight be glorifying to you. We commit this to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so this passage really is kind of in the middle. So, um, we're talking about, just go back to the title, we're talking about living with Christ as Lord. And, and the passage that we've come to kind of is a, a summation. It's a summary of, of what we've packed up to this point, what, what's been talked about. And in fact, um, in some translations, instead of finally, it says uh, to summarize or in summary. And so it's, it's kind of wrapping up those things that have kind of gone before this passage. And and so, um, and then after, it's kind of sandwiched in between that, and then this bit that's kind of at the end that we read, 18 to 22, that's this like real intense theological um, package that we're going to start with and that we're going to unpack. And to do, today what we're going to do is we unpack all of this, um, living with Christ as Lord. We're going to look at the why of living uh, with Christ as Lord, the what and the who. Okay, so, that, so there's where we're going to go. Now, that summary that I was talking about just a second ago, what, what this is summarized, this is after these things have been talked about. One, being born again, called to be holy, living stones and holy people, submit, submission to authority, marriage relationships, 
And now we're kind of looking at relationships in general as well. So that's a little bit of what we've had so far. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to go back and read it because that's some important stuff that leads up to today. So, uh, so the why. So we're going to talk with the why. We're going to talk about the nature of God, the nature of Christ, and the nature of salvation. I really have this firm belief it's important to know your why. Does anybody say, I know my why? Anybody like, would say, I absolutely, so might be a couple people that know their why. Okay, that's good. Good job. So one of the things my, my wife and I do is we started doing this a few years ago, but we do an annual review, all right? And that's not to make sure whether we're um, continuing or not. Um, we just had our 17-year wedding anniversary yesterday, by the way. Um, we decided to re-up, um, so we're going to continue. But the, the annual review is not about that. The annual review is a reflection on our life up to, like throughout the year. And in the process of doing this, it's, it's, a three day, it's a three, actually a three-day process that we try to do annually. But one of the things we tried to work out for each of us is our personal why statement. Why do I exist? Why do I do what I do? And then from there, my what and my values. And so it just helped for me and for us in our, our marriage and also as, as individuals, helps us just stay on track so that we're not just meandering, but actually we have something that's bigger than us that's kind of guiding us. And so that's, that's the importance of the why. And so if you don't know your why, it's a, it's a really kind of, it's a cool thing to know. So I encourage you to, to explore that for, for yourself. But, also, but for this passage, the why is based on the nature of God, the nature of Christ, the nature of salvation. So what I want to do as I want to go, and I know this is really small text, but I want to really kind of dig into this passage. And this is the audience participation section, okay? So this is the audience participation section. What I want you to look for is what this passage tells us about God, okay? So that's what we're looking for first. And when you think about this, um, recognize that as we, as we look at the passage, that, there, that God is in three persons, that he's God the Father, God the Son, or, or Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And all three are kind of represented in this passage. And for the sake of understanding when we're looking for what does this passage talk about God, it literally says God, okay? So, so look around there, and what does this passage tell us about God? Go. He's patient. That was an interesting one to start with. Uh, That's really good. Patient. Yeah, that God is patient. Interesting that that is kind of like in the middle of that passage, but, but that that's something important for us to know, that God is patient. All right, what else? Restorative. He's restorative. Yep, he's restorative. What else? He listens. Jesus suffered, yep. What else about God? He's righteous. He's also good. What else? He saves. What else? I, saw, I thought I heard something. Yes. So Jesus in particular, he suffered, yes. What else? What else about God? Yeah. 
powerful. Is that what I heard? Powerful? Yep. Yeah, powerful. It's in heaven. Heaven's real. What else? He's righteous. Any others? He's eternal. He's got the power. That's right. He's got the power. He's got the power. He's got the authority. He's a provider. He's loving. He's just. He's alive. That's a good one. That's a real good. This is the reason why we do this is because that wasn't on my list. So, um, and, and so I love it when the one, like some of the others weren't on my list necessarily either, but, but I love it when the ones that, that weren't necessarily on my list. That's really cool. What else? He's cleansing. Yes. Power over life and death. That's, that wasn't on my list either. Man, good. They're, they're all good. Like, I'm not trying to rate them here, just so you know. Um, well, one of the key ones, and this is, has to do with salvation, but the, the, and this one is the one that, that always blows me away, is that here God wants people to be brought to him. Right? So that's, that's the thing in there is that Jesus, that Jesus suffered that he might bring us to God, that that's God's desire for us to be brought to him, for you, for me. Now imagine, like, um, does anybody ever follow anything related to, like, um, web, is it the web telescope? Is that the one? The new one? The newest telescope? Anybody? James Webb? Okay, yes. Somebody. Yes. Yes. And so, like, one of the things is we're making new discoveries all the time about the universe. Like, just the expanse of the universe. We, we don't even really know how big it is, but it, it's huge. Like, um, one, one theory is that we have between 100 billion and 200 billion galaxies, and within those galaxies, 100 billion, potentially 100 billion stars. All right? So this, this is the creation. This is what the creator has made. It's, it's huge. If, to count to 100 billion, if you were like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, like to try and count them, it would take you 1,500 years. All right? So it's like, it's not like this, like it's huge, right? And so this is what's amazing is God created all of this, yet he wants you to be brought to him. Man, like we should be entering being like, woohoo, man, he wants me. How awesome is that, that the creator wants me, especially those of you who know me. He wants me, like that's crazy, right? And so so this is, this is awesome. It tells us about incredible nature of God that in spite of all the beauty that he's made, he wants me. He wants you. He wants us. And so, the, so in, in what we see and what Christ did, that's the motivation. That's the nature. Okay, Christ. We got a couple things about Christ, but let's unpack. What, what about Christ? What does this passage tell us about Christ, about Jesus specifically? He suffered once for our sins, 
How cool is that, that he suffered for our sins? Now, here's the thing. Romans says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that you think about the people who have offended you or currently offending you or whatever might be going on. Is your first inclination to die for them? Like, is, are you, do you look at them and be like, man, I would really like to die for you. Like, you're not, that's not probably what's going through your mind. But that's the difference of Jesus is he was willing to suffer for those who were opposed to him. He's willing to suffer for those who were offensive. That's the nature of Jesus. What else about Jesus? He's resurrected. He's not just, he didn't just die. He's alive, right? He's alive. We know that. All right, what else? He brings us to God. God. It's not us. We can't do it on our own. We needed him, and he brings us. What else? He's at the right hand of God. What else? Say that again. Yeah, he's dead serious about sin. Yes, absolutely. What else? Angels, authorities, and powers. Yeah, so angels, powers, and authorities have been subjected to him. There is nothing he does not have authority over. He has been, in, 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 uh, before the Great Commission, before Jesus gives the Great Commission, he says, all authority has been granted unto me. He all, in Greek, that word all means all, okay? So all authority has been granted to him. All of it. That he, when, when it says that he is Lord, it is absolute. All right? Okay, anything else about Jesus? Yeah, he did this preaching thing to this. We weren't necessarily going to unpack that. Thanks. Um, no. Um, so, uh, so actually, that one is a longer conversation. One of the kind of key theories is that, that Jesus, um, after his resurrection, uh, did proclaim victory and over, the, over demons and spirits and, and evil, evil powers. So we can unpack, that's, a, that's like a whole sermon, like just unpacking that passage and different perspectives. So if you want to chat afterwards, happy to chat further about that one with you. But that's kind of the idea, just declaring that victory, that he, he had victory, he has victory, he has authority. Anything else? He was resurrected. And it, this is important, is that it was the Spirit. Romans tells us that the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, which we see in this passage, we have access to that Spirit, that that same Spirit can live in us. That when we come into relationship with God, that's what happens, that that Spirit lives in us and resurrects us, so to speak. Anything else? He's eternal. Yes, absolutely. What else? Anything else? I'm not looking for anything particular, just... He allows us to meet with God. Yeah, allows us, makes it possible. Yeah, what else? Anything else? Yeah, that's really crazy. Like, like he was willing to become like the lowest, become, and become like us. Like... Um, 
in 1 John 1.14, it says that, that, that basically Jesus made his dwelling among us. Okay, so that's, um, he pitched his tent among us is the, is the literal. And um, in John, um, in John chapter 1, John the Baptist says, one stands among you whom you do not know. So Jesus went to the extent to identify with humanity and people that he blended in physically completely. That was the extent to pursue us. Like you think about, how, like again, the people that offend you do, you, do you, do you pursue them? Would you pursue them? Is your natural tendency to pursue that person with that, with that intensity? Okay, we're going to keep going. Um, so the next one is salvation. What's, what does it tell us about us as people, as humanity, or as uh, salvation? Okay, through baptism, yes. We're going to come back to that in just a second. But yes, baptism, what else? What else about, it could be us or about salvation. Us as humanity or, it's a lot of words up there, I know. Yes, given a clear conscience. Yes, given a clear conscience. Again, we're going to come back to that in just a second, but yes, thank you for raising that. A clear conscience. What else? We're the unrighteous. Every one of us has that propensity to be selfish and, and, um, and to sin. We, we are unrighteous. What else? Yeah, we're disobedient. We don't like to think of ourselves in those terms. I'm really kind of a good person, right? So we don't like to, sometimes it's hard to read some of that and be like, well, I don't know if that really applies to me fully. But it's, that's, the way, that's the way Scripture describes us. Any, what else? Anything else? Through Christ's suffering, yes, it comes through, our salvation comes through Christ's suffering. Anything else? Yes, you just preached that part of my sermon for me. No, that's good. That's really good. That's really important. That's a key bit that we're going to pull out. So, so with this, yes, that we're the unrighteous, that we're the ones that got, we, we, there's nothing we could do to get to God. We were separated in our sin. That's what this passage teaches us. So God said, I want them, so I'm going to do what I need to do to get them to me. And so he did that. And so then... Um, there's a free gift of salvation, a free gift of coming into relationship with God. And, and the way that that happens is, um, is that, there's a way Christ talks about it, is that we, we die to ourselves effectively. It sounds painful. And in some ways it is. It can be. But we actually die to ourselves. And this is what baptism is all about. That effectively, that when we, when we get baptized, it's the idea of dying to ourself and identifying with Jesus and his death and being raised again to new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so that, that 
in coming to Jesus and in dying to who we were because we say, oh, there's something much better in knowing God. There's so much better in, in being in a relationship with the creator of the entire universe that, that that's, that's what happens. And so, so we, again, we die to ourselves and we come up. And as, as the passage says, which corresponds to you, now saves you, not as removal of the dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. So even in coming up, it's God who grants us a clear conscience. That God is the one that removes our shame. He's the one that takes away. You know, shame, sometimes it's hard to understand. Shame are those, you know, those little bits in our life that we want to hide. We each have those things that we want to hide that we don't want anybody to know about. And that's shame. And he gives us a clear conscience and removes our shame. And also makes us no longer guilty, no longer unrighteousness, but says, I'm going, to, I'm going to see you through the lens of Christ and what he did. And I'm going to see you through the lens of Christ's righteousness. And so he gives that to us. That's a gift. It's nothing that we can do. I mean, it's just a matter of saying yes to some extent. Like, why wouldn't you? And so, so, we, so this, is, this is the picture of it. But this means actually fully dying to self. And so we're gonna, we'll unpack that a little bit um, in just a couple minutes. All right, you still with me? Let's ready to keep going? All right, yeah? All right, let's go. Okay, so, so that's, that's the why. That's the why of this next bit. And man, he's pretty awesome, right? He's pretty awesome. So that is motivation in and of itself for the why, and, or for the what. So if we go to the um, what, and I just, I skipped a whole bunch of slides in this process, so hopefully, nope, nope, yes, here. So now we're getting to the what. So this is the what, and this is in verse 8. And so we're, we're just going to read this real quick again. It says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. See, what we're being called to, that what? we see in the character and nature of God and Jesus. All he's doing is saying, I've done this for you, now be like me. And my invitation is to be like me. Now, one of the things, so we'll just list these, so we, we read them, but unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart or compassion, a humble mind, and blessing. So, with these, it's real easy to try to do behavior modification. Do you know what behavior modification is? It's when I try to change my behavior, right? And I can try harder. I can add these things of like, oh, maybe I'm not so sympathetic. Anybody like, like, like I'm, not, I'm not typically sympathetic? Anybody admit to that? No. I know there's people in here. I've met some of you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so... So, but we have this, and we're like, okay, I'm going to try to be more sympathetic towards people. It's not a try harder list. 
It's that the, it's a dying to self, becoming a new creation, and allowing God to transform me. That's the list. And when I find that these things aren't showing up in my life, it's not that I have to change my behavior. I need to spend more time with Jesus. And because spending time with Jesus is what begins to shape those things and to change those things. And so it's beginning to take on who he is, his character and his nature. Now, unity of mind. I've heard this preached in some ways that I'm not always comfortable with. Unity of mind does not mean we agree on everything. I just want to be clear on that. I'm going to say it again. Unity of mind does not mean that we agree with everything. We might not even agree with everything related to the church. That's not what unity of mind is. But unity of mind is, you know what? We're in this together. We might disagree, but as Paul says, we're going to bear with one another. Basically, we're going to put up with each other. And so we're going to, unity of mind is like, I, have, I, I disagree with you, but I have your, I, I want what's best for you. And, and, and I support you when, even when we disagree. And that we support one another and we work together to find that unity and to find where we can be on the same track together. So that's what unity of mind is. That to have sympathy, to actually feel it. A brotherly love. Um, tender heart, which is also compassion. Now, one of the things I, I um, in the Greek, literally the word for compassion is healthy bowels. All right? So like looking at someone and having healthy bowels towards them. I don't know what that would be look like. But, but so sometimes words change a little bit, but it means to feel it deep. That's really what it is. It's to feel it deep that, that I have compassion. Like most of us at some point, whether we feel it frequently, at some point have felt compassion for someone. We might have even been overcome to the point of tears for someone or something. That's what we're talking about, to feel that deeply for one another. To that be a common, not, a, not just something that happens once in a while, but a common feeling, a common thing that happens in us. A humble mind. And uh, the last one that I didn't actually put on this list is, uh, actually, I'm going to come back to that one. Before I come back to that, here, here's one of the things I want to say about this, because with this whole compassion and sympathy and all of that, you can tell when it's not really happening in your life, right? Some of us, we just, we kind of know. But also, like for me, on the way in, on my drive-in, on Transmission Gully, I realized that this is not 100% developed in me cultivated in me. There's still some work yet to be done. As this person was tailgating me, right? They were following me. Like, I mean, they were like, like I, there's, there comes a point because I drive a ute that you can't see the car behind you. All right. So, you know, there's, you can just kind of sense it. I know there's something back there. And so, so then I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll get over. And so I get over. And what do they do? They hang right there. So then we come up to the next like slow car and they still hang right there. In that moment, I did not have a lot of sympathy or compassion towards that person. My posture was not one of openness, okay? And so what was happening is my old self was trying to rise up again. The bits that hadn't fully died were starting to come up again. And so so we can see this in our own life in the way that we view people, but also in the way that we other people 
Do you know, how many of you know what I mean when I say when we other people? Does anybody, anybody know that? A few of you, I'm getting a few nods. So other people, othering people is when we kind of put them in a category. We put them in a box and then we don't have to deal with them. I'll give you an example. This is one that we love. This is one of our ones that we enjoy, right? That person is such a Karen. We have just othered that person. We put them in a category, and because they're a Karen, I don't have to deal with them, right? I don't have compassion towards Karens. That's not a confession. Like that's just <laughs> like that's just the, the kind of thing. That also um, or. Um, the, I'm not in the boomer category, so I can say this one, but um, the okay boomer. Now, sometimes it's said in jest, right? Sometimes it's said in jest, but sometimes it's not. And when I can put someone in that category, I don't have to, have, I don't have to deal with them. I don't have to have compassion towards them. And what Jesus says is, is not having compassion. The words he uses there, it's just one. It's evil. That's the contrast. And so it's being aware of, of those places. Where am I doing that where I put this person in a box and I don't have to deal with them? It's shifting from there. Okay, and then the who. I, I think I'm still like all right on time, but the who. And so the who is, is uh, authorities. We'd talked about that in previous passages. It's marriage partners. It's those who do evil to us. It's even those who are at this moment sitting right next to us. Right? You may have someone sitting next to you like, man, I'm really disappointed they sat next to me. Um, <laughs> don't raise your hand if, that was, if that's you tonight. Um, but, but, but it's having that openness. As I look around, are there people that I'm not open to, that I don't have an open posture to? Is there people that in this room I would struggle to have compassion for? That's that old self rising up. That's that, 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 that nature, the, the parts of myself that I haven't fully, haven't fully died off yet. Where, where, where are some of the places that you go throughout your week? Audience participation question. <laughs> the office. The office. Yes. I heard another one. The bakery. the bakery. That wasn't on my list. All right. Bakery. Yes, the bakery. I, I don't go there very often. I need, probably need to do that more often. Okay, the bakery. Yes. What else? Sports. I heard one over here. The gym. Sauna. Sauna. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. School. Where else? Wait. The supermarket. Okay, supermarket. Where else do you go? Youth group for brownie points. <laughs> Youth group for brownie points. Yeah, yeah. Youth group. Where else? Master classes. Yeah. Did you say master classes? Yeah, master classes. Where else? Church. Prefab. Yeah, like prefabs. Like anybody not go to prefab, right? Okay. So, so you think about these places that you go. The people that are in these places are the people on the list. So when I go to the gym, that's where, those are the people who I should be compassionate, sympathetic, um, I should be um, open-minded with, that I should have a humble heart towards. Those are the people. When I go to school, 
that, that, you know, like for those of you who are in uni and that like older student that asks all the dumb questions. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Does that still happen? Right? Like, I've, I probably would now be that person, but like there's that person, like you just want to get out of class and there's that one person up in the front right-hand corner who's like just asking like silly questions, right? And so, so even that person, right? Even that person, it, it just sports, wherever I go, that, that my posture, my attitude, my heart attitude needs to be one of compassion, why? Because that's who Jesus is, and that's what he has done with me. And so if you find yourself in a space where you're like, man, I am not very open to this person. I'm not finding that I have very much compassion towards this person. That's not a, a try harder list, but that's I need to mentally take this person with me to Jesus. And I need to say, I, I, need to be, I need some rewiring going on. Jesus, I need you to help me see this person the way you see them. I need to have the heart that you have for this person. See, this, this should be so common. In King James, I love how it describes people, that we should be a peculiar people. Now, I own that. Um, some of us are more peculiar than others, and, and I, I own that. But we are, we, th this should stand out. So that so much so, because it talks about that we should be ready to give an answer. We should be ready to give an answer because people are asking, man, you're so compassionate. You are so sympathetic. You, like all of these things, that they see this character of Christ in us. And so maybe the other thing is, if they're not asking, is it showing up? And we don't do it to show up. It's an indication then for me I need to spend more time with Jesus. And so kind of as we wrap up, for you, you may have never experienced the Jesus that we're talking about. And I just want to, uh, uh, one of us would love leaders or, or um, Lachlan or Tom or Anna, be heaps of people that would love to chat with you about how you can come to know Jesus and experience what we've talked about. It's you that's included in what we've talked about. But if you find yourself, man, there's moments where I'm not having compassion, where I'm not having, um, I'm just closed off to a lot of people, or maybe one or two, I just encourage you to say, come to the feet of Jesus. You might even want to do it tonight, but just come to the feet of Jesus and just say, Jesus, I need to lay this at your feet and I need you to do a work in me because I can't do it on my own. I need your love in me that I can love others. Let's pray. God, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. I thank you for what it teaches us. And God, I just pray that, um, oh Lord, that you would do a work in each of us. Lord, those spaces, those, those areas of our life that haven't fully died Lord, that we haven't fully been able to put to, to rest. Lord, I pray that you would help us to do that. Lord, that we would be a peculiar people by, known by our love and our compassion and our sympathy and our patience and, and um, Lord, our reflection of you. Lord, show me, show me where I'm not reflecting you tonight. Lord, help me to see it. And Lord, break my heart, change my heart so that I, I carry that same character 
of you. Lord, I pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.